We are a caring community dedicated to the success and well-being of all. This is MLSD version 2.0, a podcast for the staff of the Moses Lake School District filled with important information to keep you informed. Welcome to the latest episode of MLSD version 2.0, a podcast for the staff of the Moses Lake School District. This is Dr. Joshua Meek, superintendent, and I'm happy to be back with you for this podcast series. Today is our third episode, which features a Christmas carol, an old-fashioned radio show performed by a Moses Lake High School drama and choir students. And I know you've had a chance to hear the first half, and happy to be back with you today on this cold Monday, uh, bringing you the third uh, part of this show. I'm also happy to have with me today our Executive Director of Teaching and Learning, Christy Hoffines, who's going to share some of her family's Christmas traditions. Christy? Thank you, Josh. So we have, like many other families, we have several traditions that I like to believe are unique to our family, but I wouldn't necessarily know. Um, one of the things I appreciate most about Christmas is just the time that we get to spend together as a family. And one of the things that, that we do and that we enjoy doing together is decorating our house together. And we pride ourselves on the fact that we still have a real tree that we decorate. My children have insisted that we are never able to um, purchase a fake tree. So I'm just waiting for the day because every year it has become a joke in our family that putting lights on the real Christmas tree has become somewhat um, humorous as my husband and I um, bicker typically throughout that process, making sure the lights are just right on the Christmas tree. We, we tease about that every year and uh, talk about it as we're picking out our tree and what it's gonna be like that, that afternoon or evening as we go to decorate it. Um, another tradition that we have is the day after Christmas, we go up in the mountains and we go sledding on the 26th. Um, and that is with extended family, our cousins and aunts and uncles, and it's always a super uh, great time, lots of laughter, good food, watching the kids sledding, and every once in a while watching an adult give it a shot down the, down the hill. Um, we have soup on Christmas Eve and attend Christmas Eve service together. And every year, all of the cousins receive Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve um, so we get to watch them get in their Christmas attire their Christmas pajamas and uh, take some pictures and it's always fun to see what grandma and grandpa picked out for Christmas PJs we just really enjoy um, our time together as a family we look forward to it every year and uh, thank you for allowing me to be part of this podcast and now I invite you to enjoy part three a Christmas Carol an old-fashioned radio show performed by our Moses Lake High School drama and choir students. Now enjoy the show and Merry Christmas to all.
When Charles Dickens presented this little story to the world almost a hundred years ago, he found an instant response in the hearts of people everywhere who saw in it their favorite fictional chronicle of what Christmas is and what Christmas means to all the simple people of the earth. From the day of its first printing, families have been innumerable in which there has remained unbroken the tradition that the reading of A Christmas Carol was an item indispensable to a proper observance of the most important of days. It is the American way, as we know, to establish traditions quickly where popular instinct and sentiment pronounce them sound. And so it is that today, it has become a Christmas custom to gather around the radio to hear and to enjoy a Christmas carol. And since it is Christmas, we hope too that the younger members of the family are permitted to stay up and listen before dreams and visit of Santa. We get a great deal of pleasure planning and preparing this Christmas gift, and now it's ready. Off come the wrappings, off come the tags that say, please do not open till Christmas. Out comes the card, to you from us. And here is part three of the gift itself. On the stroke of one, Scrooge awakened suddenly and sat bolt upright in his own bed. He remembered the words of Marley's ghost and wondered from which direction the second specter would appear. At that moment, nothing between a baby and a rhinoceros would have astonished him very much. Now, being prepared for almost anything, he was not by any means prepared for nothing, and consequently, when no shape appeared, he was taken with a violent fit of trembling. Five minutes, ten minutes, a quarter of an hour went by, yet nothing came. Then, as he sat in his bed, he became aware gradually of a great blaze of ruddy light, which seemed to shine upon him from the adjoining room. He got up softly and shuffled in his slippers to the door. It was his own sitting room, no doubt about that, but it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceilings were so hung with living green that it looked a perfect grove from every part of which bright gleaming berries glistened in such a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney as had never been known in Scrooge's time or for many and many a winter season gone. Heaped up on the floor to form a kind of throne were turkeys, geese, game, poultry, great joints of meat, sucking pig, long wreaths of sausages, minced pies, plumbing puddings, barrels of oysters, hot red chestnuts, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. In easy state upon his couch, there sat a jolly giant, glorious to see, who bore a glowing torch in shape not unlike Plenty's horn and held it up high to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping around the door. Come in, come in, Ebenezer Scrooge. Know me better, man. Look upon me. You've never seen the like of me before. You're, you're different from the other spirit. You're tall, almost a giant. And that great torch you carry. Its light pours into the homes of rich and poor alike. Spirit, take me where you will. Last time I went against my will and learned a lesson, which is working now. If you have anything to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe, Ebenezer Scrooge. 
touch my robe. Where have you brought me, spirit? A humble dwelling in a humble street. It's humble enough. Yet there is happiness there. Who, who are these people? Who's that woman? And the children? These are the family of your clerk, Bob Pratchett. His wife dressed in a twice-turned gown, but brave in ribbons, laying the table for their Christmas dinner. And there assisting her is her daughter, Belinda. And the young man with the fork and the stuffing, that's Master Peter Cratchit. And the two little Cratchits. Listen, Scrooge. Here's Martha, Mother. Martha! Martha oh my gosh, Martha! Why, bless your heart alive, Martha. My dear, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Oh my gosh, there's so many presents. How late you are, my dear. Oh, we'd a deal of work to finish up last night, and we had to clear away this morning. Well, never mind, so long as you're here now. Sit you down before the fire and have a warm, Lord bless you. Where's Father? He's been to church with Tiny Tim. They'll be along directly. How is Tiny Tim, Mother? Any better at all? Sometimes I think he is, and sometimes I think... Oh dear God, if anything should happen to Tiny Tim, Mother! I... You mustn't even think of such a thing! Here they are! They're here! They're here! There's Tiny Tim! Merry Christmas, everybody! Martha, welcome, my dear! Merry Christmas, Father! And Tim! Merry Christmas, Martha! Oh, Tim, you darling! Oh, Father, I'm so glad to be home! And we're so glad to have you, Martha! And how did little Tim behave in church, Bob? Oh, as good as gold, and better. I like church, Mother. Oh, they sing the nicest songs. I hope people saw me there. Saw you there? And why, Tim? Well, don't you see? Because I'm lame. And if they saw my crutch, it might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas who it was made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, bless you, my son. Are we ready come to eat, Mother? Come on, come on, eat. Yes, I'm children, hungry. we're all ready. Come, come, take your places now. And, Bob, wait your turn. Oh. There's plenty of stuffing and dressing and plum pudding for all of you. Martha, you take care of Tiny Tim. Yes, Mother. You see that he eats plenty. He must get tall and well. Now sit down. Sit down, everyone. Uh, now, my dears. Shall we say grace? Dear Lord, please bless spirit. Tiny Tim will Tell me if cake. Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner, with a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. Oh, no, 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 no. Kind spirit, say he'll be spared. Say he'll live. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, Ebenezer, the child will die. Bless this meal. Amen. Amen. And now, my dears, with such a dinner, a toast. A Merry Christmas to us all, and God bless us. Amen. God bless us, everyone. And now, to Mr. Scrooge. Aww. I give you a toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed, who pays you all of 15 shillings a week? I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast on, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Oh, my dear, the children. Christmas Day. 
Well, it should be Christmas Day, I am sure, on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Bob. Nobody knows it better than you, poor fellow. My dear, Christmas Day. I'll drink to his health for your sake and the day's, not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. And I say, God bless him too, Mother, and everyone. Yeah, everyone. You know it, Tim! There was nothing of high mark in all this. They were not a handsome family, these Cratchits. They were not well-dressed, their shoes were far from being waterproof. Their clothes were scanty and had known very likely the insides of pawnbrokers, but they were happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. When at last they faded, Scrooge had his eye upon them, and especially on Tiny Tim, until the last. Many calls Scrooge made that night with the ghosts of Christmas present. Down among the miners they went, who labored in the bowels of the earth, and out the sea among the sailors at their watch dark ghostly figures in their several stations. Much they saw, and far they went, in many places they visited, but always with a happy end. The spirits stood beside sick beds, and they were cheerful on foreign lands, and they were close at home. By poverty, and it was rich, an almshouse, hospital, and jail, where vain men and his little brief authority had not made fast the door, and barred the spirit out. The spirit left his blessing. It was a long night, if it was only a night. It was strange, too, that while Scrooge remained unaltered in his outward form, the ghost grew older, clearly older. My life upon this globe is very brief, Ebenezer. It ends tonight. Tonight? Tonight at midnight. Hark! The hour has come. Oh no, no! Not yet, not yet! There... There... There's still more things I wish to learn. These you will learn from still another spirit. Still another spirit, Ebenezer. Thank you for joining us for our holiday special. We hope you've enjoyed our time together. Tune in next time for the finale of A Christmas Carol, brought to you by the Moses Lake High School's Theater Department.